Welcome to Murder in the Black with Steph and MD. to murder in the black it is your host steph and last week i failed to share with you guys what our theme for season six would be so i really believe that i failed to share that because i honestly just did not know what our theme would be and i struggled with that because i just was didn't know what direction i wanted to go in to be real honest with you guys but after kind of like struggling and trying to figure it out, I think I have one. And it came in a very organic and natural way. I want to share with you guys some cases that have had a lasting impression on me throughout my like joy of true crime and my history, longstanding history of enjoying true crime. And they may be some stories that you have heard before, but I hope that you will gain some understanding and some newfound information from the cases that I share. And we will only do it for the first half of season six. So this is not something that we will do the entire time. So by the time summer comes around, we will switch our themes. We will also also mix in some listener choices and some other nuances throughout just so that you guys won't get bored just in case you may have heard some of these cases before. So let's go ahead and get into our true crime case for today. So go ahead and grab your coffee if it's the morning, grab your lemonade if it is lunch, and grab that wine if it's the evening. Either way, let's go ahead and get into our true crime case for today. Before we begin this episode, I received a message from Tristan James. We recorded an episode about Joy Risker. She was taken from this earth on September 19, 2003. She was tragically killed by her husband, Sean Goff. He is eligible for parole on April 11th, 2024. We do not want him to get out of prison. He is a monster. She is asking for people to sign a change.org petition. I'm asking for all of us who listen to this podcast to sign this petition. I'm going to be including the link to this petition in our show notes. I'm asking for you not just to consume this podcast material. I'm asking for you to be the change that you would like to see in the world. Please sign the petition for Joy Risker and be the change that you would like to see. Thank you. Today's episode is about Abraham 
Shakespeare. I've entitled this episode, Love Yours. Abraham Shakespeare is a native of Lakeland, Florida. The nearest city of Lakeland is Tampa. Just in case you're like me, I never heard of Lakeland before and I needed a prox, like the nearest city. I needed some proximity to where that was. Still don't know where Lakeland is, but that kind of gives me a landmark. Abraham is described as a very humble guy. He didn't have much growing up. He dropped out of school when he was in the sixth grade. So I think that puts him right around the age of about 11 or 12 years old. His parents were orange pickers. You know, Florida is the orange state. Um, You would often see him on the side of the street asking people for money as he grew up and became older. But there was one guy in particular who saw him on the side of the street asking people for money. And instead of just like giving him money and, you know, letting him go about his way, this guy named Greg Smith decided to do something different instead. He said, you know what, instead of just giving you this money, he invited him into his barbershop and said, I'm going to give you a job. How about you just sweep up, do some janitorial work, and I'll give you some money. And so Abraham said, yeah, you know, where I think sometimes you'll find some people, doesn't matter race or whatever, they just really just want the money. They don't necessarily want the job. (laughs) They just want the money because they just want to go buy whatever it is that they want to go buy, whether it be food, drugs, liquor, whatever. They just want the money to go do whatever it is they want to do. They don't want the job. But that wasn't the case for Abraham. Abraham wanted the job so that he could have the money because for him, hard work was no problem. So he would work and get the money. And that was because he did want the he did want the work that accompanied accompanied it. And it was no problem. So he would work for Greg Smith, do the janitorial work at the barbershop, and also work part-time as a trucker so that he could be gainfully employed. He actually wanted to be somebody. It was not just the money that he wanted. He wanted to um you know, really make something for himself. Um, As you know, it's not necessarily um, just the money that comes from the work ethic, right? It's all the things that come with work, right? It's the It's the camaraderie of working alongside of people and the friendships that come from that. It's um, the character building that comes from working. You know, we all see the memes (laughs) that come from work, right? Like, oh, I'm just trying to, you know, go to work so I can pay my job, you know, so I can pay my bills and, you know, go on vacation and things like that. I mean, yes, obviously it's those things as well, but it's also, you know, the character that it builds and the sense of belonging that you get from working, you know, and that's it. it, All of those things come from work as well. We don't want to talk about it, um, but all of those things come from work as well. So on November 17th, 2006, Abraham had no idea that his life was about to completely change. It was about to completely change and forever change. I mean, you never know that something that feels like an ordinary day has the potential to change your life 
for forever. And so he wakes up that day. Everything seems completely normal. And he decides to go to the gas station, to the local gas station, something that he does every single day. And he goes in and he purchases several lottery tickets. And according to the the cashier who apparently, you know, um, attends to Abraham a lot. She said, you know, he purchased purchased several lottery tickets and he wanted to last minute purchase another one, but he didn't have all of the money to purchase this last lottery ticket. So she's like, you're a dollar short. And he says to her, he's like, well, um, all right, let me just run out and borrow a dollar from my friend. And he borrows a dollar from his truck truck mate or his co-worker who's a trucker he comes back in and he purchased this last ticket and this last ticket he purchases several now this last ticket is the ticket that wins him listen to this y'all 33 million dollars you heard right $33 million. And it was the largest in the county. And after after taxes, he left with $17 million. So, you know, he still got a whole lot of money. I mean, y'all know what I love to do. Can you imagine? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like Willy Wonka at the chocolate factory? Can you imagine not just living paycheck to paycheck because a lot of us as Americans do it because let's face it, middle class is not even a thing anymore. A lot of us are living paycheck to paycheck. But for Abraham, he's not just living paycheck to paycheck. Abraham is living below that, okay? Abraham is living, you know, he barely making it. Abraham is barely making it. He's making two ends meet every day. You know what I'm saying? He's he's borrowing money for the lotto ticket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He is borrowing money for the lotto ticket. Okay. And so now all of the problems that were made by not even having any money they are gone because now you got all the money. You got all the money, all the money, all of his problems are gone. Quite literally are gone y'all. So my question to y'all and the question that is going to be in the polls, MIB is what's the first thing you doing? And I'm going to tell you, what is the first thing that you are doing? Who is the first person that you are calling? You win. Well, it was, I said 33. He won $30 million after taxes. He won, he walked away with $17 million. Okay. Who are you calling? Who are you calling? Are you making it public? Because you know you have that option. Are you going to make it public? Are you going to receive that check on the news? Hmm? 
I have to know y'all. And it is it's it's private. I don't get to I don't get to see who polled the question, just in case you <laughs> okay. I have to know who are you calling? Are you gonna make your 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 check public? Are you gonna receive it on television? Okay. I have to know, y'all. I have to know. Listen. I have to know. So this is going to be a poll question. I have to know. But just be thinking about it right now. Think about it right now. This is a question, y'all. I ask my husband every, almost, almost, almost every time we pass the sign on the Mixmaster um, in Dallas. When we come in downtown to go to church, I'm like, okay, so we win the lotto. What you doing? Who you telling besides me? <laughs> Who are you telling besides me, sir? Who are you telling? How much are you giving to? Who are you making it on to? Are you disappearing off of social media or not? Are you changing your number? And, and the funniest part about all of this is that neither he or I play with any type of consistency. I think I played the lotto two or three times in my entire life since turning 18. I play with no type of consistency, yet I got all the plans in the world. Is this you? That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. Back to the story. Back to the story. Abraham's life has completely changed, y'all. This man went from literally being on the street asking random people for money to literally his whole entire life changing. Can you imagine? I can only imagine. Yeah, me too, Abe. I'm right there with you, brother. Okay? So back to the story. His life has changed. And all I can think about y'all is the movie with Damon and Marlon Wayans. Mo money, mo money, mo. Mo money, mo money, mo. <laughs> That's all I can think. Y'all being silly. But that is literally, that is all I can think about as I tell y'all this story. And if you haven't seen that movie, what is you waiting on? Go watch the movie. I'm going to put on, I'm going to put up some gifts. I'm going to put up some gifts. And you either get it or you don't. You either get it or you don't. And y'all, it was a whole press conference, so you ain't got to worry about it and think, did Abe do a pre did Abraham do a press conference? A Abe did a press conference, received the check publicly, had his mama and them at the press conference with him. He received the check publicly. He he did the whole bit just like the lottery ticket with Bow Wow and him. Received it publicly. Can't say that I would do it, but Abraham did it. And he, he, you know, he got that $17 million, okay? It was a lot of money in his pocket. And according to a childhood friend, Greg Macy, Abraham was a timid guy. You know, he was humble. And although this was a major life-changing event for Abraham, he treated it as if it was a win for the entire community. I mean, it wasn't just, a win for Abraham. It was a win for the hood. You know what I mean? It was a win for, he was hood rich. Everybody was rich. Everybody was rich. It was not just a win for him. And I think that speaks to his character. And I, I think, I think that could be looked at duplicitous 
duplicitously because I think you could say, you know, man, that's not that's that's not a good way to look at it. You know, like he should be selfish. That's you know, that should be for him and his family. That shouldn't be for the community. But I think that just speaks to his character. Like he really felt like, you know, this just this isn't just for me. Like the community Maybe the community for him was, it was good to him. And so he felt like this isn't just for me. Like this is for my community. And it was for everyone. Um, He was very generous. He gave his stepfather a million dollars. He gave his sisters $250,000 each. He gave his godfather a million dollars. He gave his cousins loans for their houses. He gave his um, Greg Smith, the guy who gave him a job in the barbershop, he gave him a loan for his business. I mean, according to Greg, he didn't even want the loan, but um, he gave him the loan steal you know because he just wanted him to have it he was called he was coined the bank of the hood people who didn't have life insurance he gave them life insurance so that you know the elderly people could be buried many people said he had a heart of gold um you know he just was he was just a good guy you know that's how people described abraham during this time it was said that you know abraham completely transformed his image but who wouldn't you know abraham dressed very nicely after this he was six four he was tall he was attractive he bought himself a million dollar home in a gated community there um called uh in the gated community, the gated community was called Red Hawk. Um, it was a very elite community, but his character never changed. He was very sincere to who he was, and that part of himself never ever really changed. He met um, his girlfriend, um, and they kind of settled down. Immediately took trips together, and she got pregnant, and they had a son named Jeremiah. And they were building a life together. You know, he was doing some of the things that he always wanted to do, but never really kind of had the money to do. He started to do those things for himself. But with more money, you know what Biggie says, when more money comes, more problems. And that's exactly what happened. And a lot of those people that weren't there in the beginning, well, they started to appear. The leeches, the people who, you know, can can you help me start a business? Can you give me a loan? The people who weren't there for um, Abraham ever, they started to appear and they started to be there and um, they wanted handouts, nothing for something. And that started just to cause a lot of chaos in his life and he couldn't enjoy his life anymore. And that's when a lot of the regret started. You know, I wish I could have the life that I had before where I didn't have these people who I didn't even know coming up to me and disrupting my life and starting a lot of chaos and a lot of contention in my life. And you had a lot more women who were never there and who never cared about him before wanting to be in his life. And those people started to cause a lot of issues within his life. And that's when he felt like he needed someone who would be there who could help him manage his money. And he didn't have anybody who could really help him do that because he didn't have anybody who really even knew how to do that. And he didn't, he didn't know how to do that for himself. Um, and this, this caused a lot of pressure in his relationships. He had a lot of people around the house and that caused him and his girlfriend to separate. So where they were at one point in time at his home in Redwood, 
them together with their newborn baby, she decided to go out and get her own apartment because she said there were just a lot of people at the house at all times. There were women there and they would never leave. And there were girls there all the time. A lot of hanger-ons, a lot of people who would never want to leave asking for money constantly, consistently. She felt like, you know, there was never any time where it was just, you know, she and him there together and the baby. And so she felt like she needed her own place. And she recounted one night in particular where he came over to her house and she said that he seemed very worried and his spirit seemed very heavy. And she asked him if, you know, he wanted to spend the night. She said, you know, he was there to hang out. There were no real plans made of him spending the night before, but she just felt like he just seemed very dismayed and worried. And she asked if there was anything wrong. And he said, no, there's nothing wrong. And she said, well, do you want to just spend the night? You know, you don't have to go back. You know, I know there's a lot of people there. And he said, no, I just, I need to go back. I'm just tired. You know, I just want to, you know, lay down in my bed. And she said, okay. You know, and just, she didn't want to make a big fuss out of it. But she said that was the last time that she saw him. And she never saw him again. Now, this happened in 2006. And by 2009, he was missing. And no one ever saw him. And this wasn't a normal missing persons case. Because in 2009, he was missing. But the money kept flowing. Like nothing no one ever saw him, but everything was still going on in terms of people still, they still kept hearing from him via text messages. People kept monetarily, he kept showing up, but no one ever physically saw him. And the other thing that I want you to know is that they kept seeing him and they also kept, you know, he kept monetarily showing up. So he kept paying people's bills and kept paying his mother's bills and kept paying his son's bills. And so it just, it just was bizarre. But he also kept, you know, he would tell people prior to like, I'm just, I just want to go away. I just want to disappear. I wish I didn't. I wish I wasn't. I wish I could just go back to the way my life was. I wish I could just disappear and just not have anything to do with this life anymore. And so it wasn't necessarily eerie that he would go away, but keep showing up monetarily because it, it was almost like, well, he did say that he wanted he wanted to get away. So it was almost like, did is he really missing or did he voluntarily go missing? Because he is still doing some of the things that he said he was going to do. So it it was weird, but also it almost seemed like it wasn't so suspicious that he went away either. That was until his cousin reported him missing. So this part of the case is particularly interesting to me, and I'll reserve in the takeaway why I really love this information. But a woman by the name of Trisha Griffin, who lives right here in homegrown Dallas, Texas, 
came up with a group called Web, Web Sleuthers. And Web Sleuthers are a group of people who is on the internet. It's WebSleuthers.com. And they play a major role in solving this case. Very, very important. And as a listener here on Murder in the Black, I want you to know that you play a major role as a podcast listener. You are not just here for entertainment. I mean, you can just be here for entertainment, but why? I mean, you can actually affect change. You can actually go the extra mile and actually become an activist. You can take a active role in a podcast podcast case because you can actually know extra information or you can actually get on the internet and start to investigate as web sleuthers did in this case. So let me tell you a little bit about them. So Trisha Griffin actually started this website and basically they heard about this case and they knew something quite didn't sound right about this case. So they started to ask different questions. They said, where was Abraham Shakespeare's money's going? You know, why hadn't anybody seen him during this time that he'd been missing during the three years was all his money moving in those three years where was it going necessarily in those three years did he just move if so where did he move um abraham had a small child and a mother he was extremely close to those were motives to stay um, and you know, he would probably keep in contact with his baby mother and his mother if he just did move, had he talked to them. You know, there were motives and jealousy if somebody did do something to him. You know, they had some questions. There are a list of people that should be looked at. Had the police had any leads? And the truth of the matter is the police had zero leads. They had no leads at all. And web sleuthers, they had all the right questions and they were looking in all the right places. So they came up with a list of people. Michael Ford. Well, Michael Ford was the person who loaned Abraham Shakespeare that dollar, that dollar that he actually borrowed to win the lotto ticket, that lotto ticket that won him that $30 million, which he actually walked away with $17 million after the taxes. Well, Michael Ford actually did sue him. He actually took him to court and Abe actually offered him $250,000 before he took him to court to sue him for that winning lottery ticket. And he actually lost that suit. He should have took the $250,000. But the police found out through his trucking logs that he did not go to Florida during the time um, that Abraham went missing. And they were able to eliminate him as a suspect. And actually, Michael Ford lived in Georgia. So they were able to eliminate him as a suspect, even though he had a lot of motive to want to do something sinister to Abraham. So Michael Ford was out. Now, how about that cousin Cedric Edom, who actually reported Abraham 
missing. Well, guys, this is where it gets kind of confusing for me because when the police went and investigated Cousin Cedric Edom, they found out that Cousin Cedric Edom, although he reported Abraham missing, he recants that he actually didn't report him as missing, which is weird because they have him as reporting him as missing and they kind of found out he's just like a really shady character and he kind of felt that Abraham owes him something and this this is one of the cousins that Abraham actually loans him money to get a house and he is still paying um you know this cousin money and you know even although he's missing, he's paying this cousin some money. So it's very, it's some shading, shady dealings there as far as money is concerned. But they kind of find out through, you know, some investigative work that this cousin really just wants to find out where Abraham is after all. And they're able to eliminate him as a suspect. And after all, he just wants to find out where Abraham is and he really just was trying to report him missing. It was really weird. I'm going to tell you, as I went through the re the research, it was very suspicious and shady. I'm trying to report him missing. I'm recanting my statement, re reporting him missing. But really, after all, I was trying to report him missing. What? That's very weird. Now, Centoria Butler, who is... Abraham's girlfriend claims that she received a message, several text messages from Abraham. And Abraham tells her that he's leaving her for his girlfriend in Jamaica. He has he doesn't want to have anything to do with her. And that's pretty much it. And that's that's what he tells her. And that's and that's it. And like she hears nothing else from her. And that's the consensus of her communication with him. She hears nothing else from him. That's it. Now, we have to be mindful of the fact that several other people are claiming to get text messages from Abraham. But Abraham has the education of a sixth grader. OK, and a lot of the text messages that these people, friends and family are receiving from Abraham, the context and the nature of the messages are not adding up to the nature in which he usually speaks. They're above the level of a sixth grader. And so that seems weird to them. And every time they try to call him, he always says, I'm going to call you later. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not able to speak right now. He never calls them. He's always texting and he's always speaking above grade level of a sixth grader and always above um, the context of a sixth grade level. And so they, that seems very weird to them, but that's, you know, that's, that's what they're receiving back from this this person who is claiming to be Abraham. So keep that in mind. Now, there was a reporter from a newspaper in Lakeland, and the name of that newspaper was called The Ledger. Now, she covered a story on Abraham when he won the 33 million or the 30 million. I keep saying 33, but when he won the 30 million jackpot, she covered a story on him. And she recently when 
when he went missing, it was a big story because like I said, he was a community favorite. And of course he won the biggest jackpot in the county. And so when he went missing, it was a big story. And so she covered a story on him again. And she kept on hearing a name associated with him in the community when she was doing a story on him when he went missing. And this story, um, the story, the name that kept coming up was this white lady named Doris Moore. And once she covered the story and this name kept popping up and she covered the story on her, Doris Moore, this name, and the web sleuths got a hold upon this name, named Doris Moore. They did a deep dive. And let me tell you, the web sleuths, web sleuthers, I should say, <laughs> there's nothing that they can't find. If you think your best friend is the FBI, if you think the FBI is the FBI, no, the web sleuthers, they go beyond that, okay? They'll find out everything about your mama, mama, and, you know, back 10 generations, okay? All right, that's all I'm going to say, because they can find out everything about everybody. So Doris Didi Moore is a quote-unquote financial advisor. She claimed to work for this company or self-employed by a company, self-employed by her company, American Medical Professionals. She met Abraham at a business conference. She became enamored with him being a lottery winner. She wanted to write a book about him. She sent him limos to take him to the casinos. She investigated him. Oh, she investigated his finances and wanted um, to help him with his finances. According to the reporter, Didi allegedly um, said that Abraham wasn't dead and he was in Jamaica. Very similar to what Centoria, his girlfriend, said. She, he was in Jamaica with his girlfriend and he wanted to be left alone to start his new life. And she was, she was going to set up an interview with this reporter from the ledger. Now, according to the web sleuthers, Dee Dee was posting pictures in Abe's home. They were able to find out that she purchased Abraham's home. They were able to pull financial agreements, contracts, property agreements. They were able to pull the purchase agreement because she purchased his home. They were also able to pull bank account, assets, deeds, safety deposit box, assets. I mean, they were able to pull everything, y'all. Everything. Things that the detective admitted that they weren't even supposed to have access to so once the police and the police knew about the web sleuthers <laughs> they knew about their investigation on on Didi and they were just shocked that they even knew everything that they knew about Doris and so they pulled Doris in for a a sit-down interview and they were like listen like what is going on? Where is he? Because not only did they knew everything that the web sleuthers knew, they also knew simultaneously about everything that 
the ledger had printed about Doris and Abraham missing and the full print article about that. So they had compiled all of this information. They sat her down and they said, listen, what is going on? And she said, listen, I, I admit that I purchased his home. She had the purchase agreement. She said, I purchased his home. I have his signature right here. I purchased his home because he wanted me to. Um, yes, I am living in his home. I have the contract. I have the purchase agreement. I also have, um, she said, I also have a video. So she pulls a video of Abraham talking to her. She's talking to Abraham. She's off. She's obviously filming this and she's talking to Abraham. She's pointing the camera in his direction and she's saying, you know, Abraham, aren't you just so tired of, you know, people asking you for money? And he's, you know, he's, you know, very in a very cavalier manner telling her, yeah, you know, I'm tired of people asking me for money. I'm tired of, you know, people you know, wanting things for me. I wish I could just go back to my old life. I wish I wish I could just disappear from an island. She was like, don't you wish you just, just leave and never come back? What would you take? And he was just like, I don't know. And she's really leading him, you know. She was like, so, you know, you would just leave, huh? And he's like, yeah, I would just leave. Giving her one word responses and she's really just leading him. And you can tell he's really tired of it. And because she has all this information, you know, police are unable to, you know, really arrest her for anything. She has proof that she's purchased his property. They're unable to arrest her for anything. So they're like, okay, you know, we, we really would appreciate if you could, you know, have us get us to have a phone conversation with, with him so that we can talk to him. Because we just want to know that he's safe and he's okay. And she was like, yeah, I'll do that. So the web sleuthers, what they then do is they dig up some more dirt about Didi, right? And they find out that right before Abraham comes into her life, Didi files bankruptcy and owes the IRS money right before Abraham comes into her life. So... Is that a coincidence? I mean, I think not. Maybe not. But maybe, you know. Hey, who knows? So, um, but the detective, he's watching the web sleuthers, as I've already said. But a lot of detectives and cops, you know, they tend to not like, you know, us regular citizens playing cops and investigators online, right? Well, this particular detective at Lakeland PD actually joins the web sleuths online and he creates a profile. He doesn't try to hide. He like has the web username detective at Lakeland PD and he boldly lets everybody know that, hey, I really appreciate what you guys are doing here. Keep doing what you're doing. I can't share everything that we're doing here, but I want you to know that y'all are doing a hell of a job, and I appreciate it. And they really appreciated that he was commending them and just let them letting them know that what they were doing, it was being acknowledged. Because let's face it, I mean, detectives, most detectives don't do their job, <laughs> Most detectives don't do their job, but there are some that do. And even when they do, they they have a problem with those who aren't, you know, necessarily trained 
doing this investigative type work. And I, I, I guess you could play that devil's advocate and say that there is an issue with that. Um, but, you know, the fact that he just appreciated them doing like some background work and doing some things that he could appreciate. I think that was a good job. Like, I think that's that was pretty dope that he just appreciated them doing some some digging in and doing some things that helped him, you know, that aided in his background and aided him in his investigation investigation and trying to help find out what happened to Abraham. So the web sleuthers also found out that in 2001, Dee Dee had a false insurance claim. Um, she said that two Hispanic men beat her up and um, used blunt force trauma to beat her up. And they found out that that was a lie. And, you know, she got put in jail for making a false insurance claim, trying to get some money, right? And I think this just further proved that Didi had a history of lying and that she could lie and put on crocodile tears at the drop of a dime. That that was nothing for her to lie. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was nothing for her to start crying whenever she could. Whenever she could. So in addition to police finding out all of these things about Dee Dee, they figured out that they needed to find, to subpoena her cell phone records. So they subpoena her cell phone records, her and Abraham's cell phone records. So on April 6th, they subpoena her and Abraham's cell phone records, and they found out that their cell phone records were hitting the same cell phone towers. And the only conclusion that they can make is that Either their cell phones had to be in the same car or their cell phones had to be either be in the same car or she had both cell phones. And she said she didn't have both cell phones. And they went and did a search on the residence, which was Abraham's residence, but she now owned it. And they were unable to locate the cell phone, Abraham's cell phone. So they really didn't have anything. They were convinced that Dee Dee did something sinister to Abraham, but they had no proof. They just didn't have any proof. So Dee Dee actually calls the Lakeland reporter at the ledger and she's pissed. She's pissed because they've put out that article that I was telling you about and she feels like they're painting this portrait of her that she had something to do with Abraham's disappearance. But the facts are facts. And she is the only one that claims that she has access to Abraham, but she's unable to set up an interview like she claims that she can. She is yet to make that happen. And She's the only one that cl claims to the police that she's the only one that can get in contact with him. Yet, she, no, she's unable to make that happen. And she's the only one that's making these claims that she can get in contact with Abraham. But yet, nothing is appearing. But they're the ones that are making you look like the bad guy. I mean, it's you. You're the person who's making yourself look like the bad guy. Because you're unable to make it, make make Abraham appear. I mean, even on the telephone, you can't even make him appear on the telephone. So she calls up this, this 
reporter and she starts to cry and tells them that they're making her look so bad and then she up she goes up to the newspaper and she tells them that they're making her look like the bad guy and now now the police are making her look like the bad guy she's able to drop these crocodile tears at the drop of a dime i mean just at any given moment she's able to cry just like she did when she claimed these two hispanic guys beat her in the head that didn't happen now she's able to do it at the newspaper right and so then she goes home then she gets on web sleuths she creates a profile and she lets them know that she's gonna sue them for defamation because they don't know the facts Abraham is actually alive and how dare they say anything about her they don't know her and she's going to sue the brakes off of them then after you know defending herself for an hour upon end on Trisha Griffin's website she then sends Trisha Griffin a personal email and says no that was not me that was my friend my friend felt the need to defend me and well you know there's this thing called an IP address and people can identify who you are via your IP address. And she tells Trisha Griffin, no, that wasn't me. That was my friend. My friend felt the need to defend me on my IP address. And so Trisha had one of her good friends on Web Sleuths track down that IP address. And they were able to tell Trisha, actually, Trisha, you know, there's the darndest thing. Yeah. That actually was you. Or whoever it was, they used the same IP address. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, that was just my son. Yeah, I guess it was, I guess it was me. But it wasn't me, it was just my son. You know, this is just a story that just keeps on giving, huh? Huh? Huh, Dee Dee? I mean... Karen, or whatever your name is. Oh, Didi. Oh, Didi. So at this point, I mean, the police just don't have enough evidence to arrest Didi. They just, Doris, oh, Doris. They just don't have enough evidence to catch her. I mean, they had, they are sure that old Doris has something to do with abraham's disappearance they just don't have enough evidence to catch her oh doris after christmas Dee Dee doris takes abraham's mother to crackle barrel and abraham's mother gets a phone call from someone alleging to be Abraham but this person doesn't sound like Abraham and they claim they don't sound like Abraham because they're sick and after taking this phone call Abraham and Dee Dee immediately call police and they put a trace on the phone call and they're able to trace the phone call to a person named Greg Smith and if you remember in our story I told you earlier that Greg Smith was Abraham's friend, his friend that actually gave Abraham a job when Abraham was actually asking for people, people for money on the street. He gave Abraham a job in his barbershop. 
So you're probably wondering what the heck is going on <laughs> because one plus one isn't equaling two. This is supposed to be Abraham's friend. Well, according to Greg, Doris, Didi, actually paid him to make this phone call. And Greg told police officers that he actually believed that when Abraham went missing back in 2009, he believed that Abraham voluntarily went missing. Because according to Greg, Abraham really lamented that his life totally changed after he won the lottery. And he really hated the way that it changed. He had a lot of leeches, a lot of people who wanted handouts, and he really just wanted his life to go back to the way that it once was. If he could, he told Greg often that he would give Greg the money. He didn't want the money anymore because he just did not like the fact that people always wanted something for him. And he wanted to just disappear go to an offshore island, live his life, and live his life in a very simplistic way. And so when he went missing in 2009, it wasn't hard to believe that he didn't want to be in Lakeland anymore. So he really felt that Abraham didn't want to be there anymore. And so when he found out that he was still paying his bills, paying bills for his family and friends, he felt like Abraham did exactly what he told him often that he wanted to do, which was to go to Jamaica and live his life. And so when he kept getting text messages from Abraham, he felt like, okay, well, Abraham's keeping in contact. But when he would call Abraham and Abraham would not get back in touch with him via phone and he would kept get kept getting these text messages from him. But when he would compare and contrast these text messages from Abraham that he would get from him prior to him being missing, he felt like it didn't sound like Abraham. And as I've told you previously, Abraham had a sixth grade education and some of these text messages did not seem like they would come from Abraham. And so he went down and he would talk to law enforcement. And the more he would talk to law enforcement and the more he would compare and contrast the text messages he was receiving from the text message he got from Abraham in the past, he felt like this wasn't really Abraham. And there was more to the narrative that Didi really had something to do with Abraham's disappearance. And he collaborated with law enforcement and investigators and felt like, you know what? I think Didi has something to do with it. And law enforcement asked if he would cooperate and wear a wire and see if Didi had something to do with the disappearance of Abraham. And so he did, he cooperated. And for a while, Didi really did not back off of the narrative that, well, I mean, she had nothing to do with it. Abraham really did indeed go off to Jamaica and left and she had nothing to do with it. And she was just taking care of his finances and that was the story and she was sticking to it and she was sticking beside it. That was the narrative of Dee Dee. 
But as they began to build a rapport and really build somewhat of a relationship, she began to trust Greg. And that's exactly what he wanted her to do. And so as she began to trust him, she began to tell him more. And what she revealed to Greg was that Abraham was actually involved in drugs. And everything that Greg knew about Abraham, which he had built a good, good, solid relationship with Abraham, was that he was not or ever was involved in drugs. But the narrative that Didi was trying to build with Greg was Abraham was involved in drugs. He actually was more involved in drugs than he ever could imagine. And that's what she told Greg. She says, you know what? Abraham was actually involved in drugs. And that's actually what happened to Abraham. He was involved in drugs. And actually, he was killed because he was involved in a drug deal gone bad. And according to Didi, there was a character there named Ronald and she had known Ronald prior to Abraham. She was introduced to Ronald by Abraham and it was a drug deal, some type of a drug drop off. And she was only there because of Abraham. She pointed the finger at Abraham and she claimed that there was a drug deal that happened and Abraham had about $800,000 in cash on him and Ronald actually killed Abraham in the midst of this drug deal or drug drop off and Ronald killed him and dropped his body off and buried him at this you know unmarked location and she was still in contact with this Ronald character although she only met him because of Abraham he didn't kill he didn't kill Didi, but, you know, he killed Abraham and, you know, dropped his body off, buried him. And so Greg is trying to keep his composure, trying to hold his temperament and trying to keep it together, remain calm. And so he tells him, tells her, he's like, okay, well, listen, I have a cousin and my cousin is already about to go to prison for murder. He'll take this murder charge for you. All he needs to know is where is the body and he'll do it. He'll take the murder charge. He's about to go to prison for a murder charge for 20 years. He'll take this murder charge for $50,000. He just needs 10K up front. And so she is happy. She's excited, right? Because you have to understand, I've already told y'all, she's under tremendous pressure from the community of Lakeland, Web Sleuth, the police. She's under tremendous pressure. So she would love to give up the body of Abraham and to have it go under some somebody else's name, for somebody else to take the rap for this murder, okay? So he says, you know, I just need for you to give me 10K and for you to tell me where the body is. And so she says, okay, that's wonderful. So on January 27, 2010, she tells, she tells Greg, I'm going to call you. 
you and your cousin and the said cousin was going to obviously be a part of law enforcement, right? Um, undercover cop. And she was like, and I'm going to call you and I'll, I'll look, I'll have you come out and I'll indicate where exactly this body is, right? Where Abraham's body is. So on January 27th, 2010, according to Doris Didi, she claimed that Ronald, this guy who supposedly killed Abraham, told her where the body was and she drives out with Greg and the undercover cop. They all drive out to this unmarked land and where quote unquote Ronald killed and buried Abraham. She goes out there and they have her on video. She bends down and she whispers on the phone to Greg, he's here and she has a wired hanger and she bends down and whispers into the phone and says, he's here, tell, tell your cousin. She digs the wire hanger into the ground and says, tell your cousin to dig here, he'll find him here. So on the very next day, January 28th, 2010, two counties and sheriff departments are digging for bones. So she killed him in one county and buried him in the other, which is why two counties were out there digging. Press coverage was everywhere. Like everyone knew in both of those counties that they were looking and it was suspected that they were looking and digging for Abraham Shakespeare. So at this point, Doris knew that she was caught. She knew that the jig was up. Okay. At this point, um, there was no, there was no way that she thought that she was going to be able to get away with it. Okay. Um, now, I can say that they did not discover anything on January 28th. It wasn't until 2 p.m. the next day. So on January 29th of 2010, they discovered the bones of Abraham Shakespeare. Now, I can say that if you remember earlier in the investigation, when they sat down with Doris the very first time when the web sleuthers found out that she had been living in Abraham Shakespeare's home, she purchased his home, she um, had access to his assets, all of the things, right? And she she sat down with police and you know showed them the purchase agreement. She showed them a videotape of Abraham Shakespeare as proof that he wanted to get away from his life, right? He was wearing a white t-shirt and some jeans. When they discovered his corpse, he was wearing the very same clothes that he was wearing in that video. He was wearing a white, they discovered him with a white shirt and blue jeans. The same things he was wearing 
in that video. They have a tape, an interview of Doris leaving Abraham Shakespeare's home that she purchased from him, that she stole from him. Let me be clear. She, it is the day that they discovered his body. So on January 29, 2010, she's leaving her home and they have video footage of her leaving and they stop her vehicle and she is giving the press an interview. And she says, I am just now leaving my home because I don't want to give all this fanfare to my neighbors. I know they don't want all of this. And so I'm just leaving my home. And she burst out in tears. And you can tell, like, it is on cue, y'all. Like, it's just like tears. I just cannot believe that they, somebody just like shot, they shot Abraham. And I just hope that they catch this monster. Oh my God. Immediately after they give her this 30-second interview, um, police arrest her and charge her with first-degree murder. Abraham was shot twice in the chest with a 38 caliber pistol that belonged to Doris Moore. So after... Charging her with first-degree murder, they bring Doris down and question her. And investigators ask her what happened. She sticks to the narrative that this person named Ronald killed Abraham. And they ask her, okay, so how can we get in contact with Abraham? Where is, where is he? She says she doesn't know where he is. Ronald is fictitious, guys. We, Ronald doesn't exist, Okay. And this is what investigators believe happened. You know, they subpoenaed her phone records, her and Abraham's. They were unable to locate Abraham's phone, but this is what they really believed would happen. The night of Abraham's murder, they believe that Abraham and Doris left his house and went to Doris's house. They went down to Doris's basement where her safe was located. They walked inside, and that is when Abraham confronted Doris about her stealing money from him. And Doris panicked because, well, she needed Abraham's money. She needed his finances. He was getting her out of debt. And that's when she pulled out her 38 caliber gun, which she kept in her safe, and she shot Abraham twice in the chest. He fell on the carpet. There is blood splatter that forensics found in her safe on the carpet. It was tested positive for Abraham's blood. We know that she cut out pieces of her carpet down there inside the safe. She then placed his body in her car, eventually burying his body where she did, right? And we know it was her gun that shot 
Abraham, right? So they used all that forensics to positively confirm that she was the person who shot Abraham. All of that evidence was found in her home. It was her gun, blood splatter belonging to Abraham. It was his blood in her home. Her carpet was cut out. All the things, all the evidence pointed towards Doris. So on December 2012, she couldn't help herself. She had to go to trial. But she was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. And that is the story of Abraham Shakespeare. Takeaway. So I actually have two takeaways to share. My first takeaway is that I really struggle to think that Abraham disappeared on his own and that he didn't tell anybody. People just don't go missing without telling anybody. That's an oddity. Not that it doesn't exist, but that is an exception to the rule. And considering the fact that he had a child, I just found that to be very weird. But for a second, like for the briefest moment throughout the case, I felt like, okay, well, you know, maybe it's someone who wanted a handout because he kept talking about how miserable he was having all that money and just not being able to live life simply. But I cannot say that I was surprised to find out that it was a Karen who could turn on her crocodile tears at the flick of a switch. Y'all, I don't know how else to be, but real with y'all. Can I just keep it real? Yeah, because I don't know how else to be. I was filled with a righteous anger watching her interview. And if you just want to just be angry for 10 seconds out of your day, just go watch it on YouTube. And it's right before she gets arrested. She literally, you just see her turn on her tears. And you can tell how these racist white women are able, it's not all white women, but these racist white women are able to turn on their tears and win sympathy whenever they want to. And and she literally just turned on her tears and just was like, I'm so, oh my God. Like, girl, girl, I mean, and you know she killed this man. Like, and she killed him because she thought that she was going to be able to get away with it. You thought She really thought she was going to be able to get away with it because she was white. This is why. This is why she thought she was going to be able to get away with it. Because she was white and she stole his money and because she was white. And those are the reasons. And I'm willing to tussle behind it. But those are the reasons why she felt like she was going to be able to kill that man and get away with it. And that and that is the truth. And that is the truth. And I'm willing to die on that hill. Which leads me into my second takeaway. Web sleuths. This is why we as true crime listeners 
have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. Web sleuths give, get and give and oh, <laughs> all the things. The biggest shout out for me to, you know, they just get, give. I just, uh, they, they get all the things from me. This is why. Because we have a responsibility as listeners. Things that we say we love, we have a responsibility to do, right? Um, and Web Sleuths, they did. They did. Because as true crime listeners, we literally, we consume. We consume episodes. We consume podcasts. We consume, right? We consume. We just consume. We consume all the things, right? movies we consume all the things and we say we love these things we talk about it with friends and family we share podcast episodes and we talk about it but that's just it that's all we pretty much do and we've talked about that a little bit here on murder in the black we said oh we love it you know we wouldn't do those things and this is what we would do if we were him or her and this is what we would have done and all the things and we try to reserve judgment and try not to judge too harshly on those people and we shouldn't right but the truth of the matter is, is that we really should do what the people on Web Sleuths did, which is they found out about this case. Somebody locally in, in Lakeland, Florida, found out about this case. And they said, hmm, that sounds very odd. And they started asking questions. They said, that, that doesn't sound right. So they started asking questions about Abraham's finances and how long has he been disappeared and what has been going on with his finances. And they looked deeper. And as a result of them looking deeper, they started asking questions that the police weren't asking. And they started looking at his finances. They started looking to see who purchased his home. They started looking at Doris. Okay? Lord. And they started looking and looking and looking. And as a result of the looking and investigation, justice was served. Activism. As a result of asking questions. And so as a result of the web sleuths, I have discovered a new segment for Murder in the Black. So it's a new challenge for me. Okay. So as a result, I'm going to do a new segment here on Murder in the Black. And it's going to be bi-weekly. We're not going to do it weekly. But I'm going to challenge you as a listener. If you love true crime, let's see it. Let me see it if you love it. I'm going to challenge you to send me news articles of true crimes that have happened locally in your community that you have that have made an impression upon you. OK, now we don't have to know all the information, but we'll do follow ups. OK, so true crimes that have made an impression on you will cover it here on Murder in the Black. You send me the story, all the information and I'll cover it. OK, send it to the dm on facebook or on instagram and i will cover it okay because i believe that if you are passionate about something you say you care about something that means you'll show up for it and you'll do it you have a responsibility to create it and to activate right that's what i believe okay I say I cared about the black community and the true crimes that happen here. Hey, I'm showing up. It's murdering the black. I say I care about true crimes that are happening inside the community. 
hey, I got to still show up and still cover current true crimes here on Murder in the Black. So I'm showing up. I've been inspired by Web Sleuths. Okay, so here here I am. What y'all think about that? (laughs) All right, so that's our takeaway. Let's go ahead and get into our polls from last week. Woo! Right question. What do you think about Yvonne and Gloria's legacy? Kita said Yvonne's perseverance is unmatched, that she didn't allow grief to consume her pursuit for justice. Erica said relentless in a positive way, very unselfish of her to let her grief fuel her fight instead of allowing her grief to consume her. Gloria was also a fighter. She got it from her mama. Yes. Hill Shone Yale said, I am in awe. This was truly amazing how her mother was able to set her own hurt and pain for the sake of her daughter and family. Such an amazing turnaround. I love her strengths. Absolutely. On to our poll question. So to put it in full context, I asked, what kind of person are you in the new year? Are you a new year, new me type of person? Zero percent of you did not acknowledge that at all. (laughs) (laughs) and uh 45.445% of you said you are a new goals all year around 54.5% of you said you're a combination of both so to get all up in my business y'all I am a combination of both um I definitely am a person who sets goals throughout the year for myself I definitely um like you know try to do things at the top of the year to you know reflect reset but definitely will set some new goals for myself so I definitely have set some goals for myself um for this year definitely have set some goals for our podcast so we can grow together so I am wishing you guys all the love and good things for your growth this year for 2024 and i am hoping that we can grow together okay so definitely be sure to send in your cases that you want me to reflect on whether it be for season six or just some cases that you see for your local community that have made an impression upon you whether it be last year or for this year definitely want to cover those okay so um Make sure you share if you care this episode with friends and family. Until next time, I love you and we'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.